Hello and welcome to 20 Cent Retail's podcast. I'm Vincent Panels. Today is the first of three episodes to discuss the digitalization of the event industry. With the pandemic, retail events were forced to accelerate the digitalization and transformation into the hybrid future. This transformation impacts how retail professionals like yourself will network or showcase their products on events in the future. In this episode, I chat with Ian Houghton and Dan Brain, co-founders of MadFest. Their idea is that a business event can feel like a festival and be efficient. Last March, they also organized Mad Anywhere, a digital event which was a vivid example of how a digital happening should be with great content, but also various options to practice digital networking. In the next 20 to 30 minutes, Ian, Dan and I discuss about the story of their mad universe and how they concretely approach networking at their events, whether these are digital or live. Hello, welcome Ian, welcome Dan. Thank you for joining us today. Good morning. Nice to, nice morning, to speak to you, that's all. Um, Thanks for having us. Yeah, well, it's a pleasure. I really wanted to, to chat with you guys about uh, MadFest and, and, and a little bit of your mad universe. Um, maybe let's start with the, the first thing for the audience that, that don't know it yet. Uh, tell us maybe how it all started. How did the mad, the mad story start for you guys? Yeah, well, um, Dan and I have known each other for a long time, but actually really started working together three or four years ago and um, enjoyed the experience, but, but kind of felt there was a better way to, to do things. And uh, we were in the pub one day and we, uh, we realized that we had a problem. We didn't like live events and that was the job that we do. Uh, because we found them to be really boring, very formulaic, uh, and, and a bit dull in general. Uh, so we, we thought to ourselves, well, there must be a better way of doing this. Let's create our own event from start to finish. And um, that, was, that was how MadFest is born. And we came up with a, a really different type of concept. I'll let Dan talk about that. And um, created an event that is designed to be enjoyed. Awesome. Yeah, I... Absolutely. So, so uh, we came up with the concept of MadFest, so Marketing, Advertising, Disruption, Festival, uh, and really thought, you know, let's, let's build an event that is informative, entertaining, and, and just looks and feels different. So, so we kind of built it on three key pillars, the, the first being really, really great content. Uh, so those big brands, those disruptor brands, uh, but challenging the speakers to present in, a, in an interesting way. Uh, the second was a way that we go about generating an audience. So um, people were always saying to us that there were too many vendors in the room. So we did a, a large scale event that was invite only. Uh, and then thirdly, it's, it's about creating interesting and unique environments. So, um, you know, a, 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 an industry event doesn't need to be in a trade show center, doesn't need to be shell scheme. Essentially, you need to create good environments for people to come together to meet to talk, to build relationships, to do business. So basically you were in a pub, like many guys, you have an idea to change the world, but you went through with it. So that's actually quite good, <laughs> further than, than what many do. Um, the, the, as you mentioned, you, you, you wanted to, to challenge uh, speakers and, 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 and change different things. You, you really had a feeling that, that classic events were really that dull, basically? Yeah, I, th no, I think, we, we really know, did. I mean, we after you, Dan. <laughs> no, you go. I, I spoke last time. It's probably your turn. 
Yeah. We, uh, we, yeah, we really did. You know, we wanted to create something that appealed to the left hand side of the brain as well as the right hand side of the brain. So when people were, walked into the first Madfest in 2018, they walked into a pub that was the size of one and a half football pitches. And the exhibitors were part of the pub. Some of them were on the indoor garden that we built at the center of the show where they had picnic tables and branded umbrellas like you would find in a pub garden. Others had mini lounges with Chesterfield sofas like you would find in a traditional British pub. And we had theatres at either end of the pub where people could take in the content. And what it did is it made people smile when they walked in and they thought, great, I'm going to spend the next two days in the pub doing business with people, watching great content and really enjoying myself. And, and that for us was crucially important because we think when people are relaxed and enjoying themselves and having fun, they have much better conversations together. Yeah, of course, some of the people we spoke to thought we were completely insane, you know, quitting our comfortable jobs uh, and, and uh, raiding the bank account to, uh, to get Madfest off the ground. Um, you know, it all came together incredibly quickly. But I think the the reaction when we came up with the the idea of actually challenging the speakers a bit more um you know not doing lots and lots of boring panel sessions uh asking those brands to actually present something new different with content that was very very punchy that was incredibly well received and if you if you add the elements of content that is uh new interesting different with an environment which is fun and looks different to all of the other great events out there then I think you have a recipe for uh, for a good event, and it certainly helped us to stand out in the market. Uh, okay, thanks. Um, so that was in 2018, correct? Uh, well, right. absolutely. You started to develop quite well. Now, last year, we all had to face in the event industry the fact that the corona pandemic uh, happened and, and took the industry to down or, or to a standstill. Um, then you reacted and created uh, something which was called Mad Anywhere. My question is, you had a live yeah. event. Was it already in your ID to have a digital event or was it just a reaction to the pandemic? No, not at all. We didn't really think about having a digital event at all. We'd, we'd invested a lot of money right from the word go in our app, which we used from 2018, and we've continued to develop uh, ever since. Um, and the, the work and the money we'd spent on the app allowed us to quickly create a, a virtual event that was actually quite strong in terms of networking opportunities and, and people chatting to each other and potentially doing business together. But it wasn't our intention, but we approached it in exactly the same way as we approached Madfest when we thought of that idea. We thought we're going to do something different. We're going to spend some money on this. We're not going to We're not going to scrimp or, or do something on a Zoom call, for example. So we hired a TV studio and all of our Mad Anywheres came from a TV studio filmed on a proper set with professional Zoom lines coming in and an enormous pipe heading out of that uh, TV studio that could seamlessly send that content to Well, at one of them, we have 33 countries represented. Another one, we have 54 countries represented. And they could watch it in real time anywhere in the world. And that made a big difference because people quickly became quite bored with spending their entire lives on Zoom calls, in Zoom meetings, 
So our, our product had to be very, very different and probably hand over to Dan really to, to talk through the format of that uh, and what made it so successful. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say, like most event organisers, we did a, a fair amount of soul searching uh, in uh, in spring 2020. Um, but you know, we're we're a small startup, so we had to react very very quickly uh, and adapt um, for you know our, our digital lives in in 2020. So, you know, as Ian says, we we applied the same principles to the virtual events as we did to to the live events. In that, you know, there are so many events out there. What is it that you're doing different to cut through? You know, we can't just spend lots and lots of money on advertising. Uh, we don't have the budget to do that. So you have to come up with a unique proposition that's really going to cut through. So we, uh, we looked at some of uh, the other events out there. And to me, it felt a little bit like they were physical conferences that were transplanted into this digital environment. Uh, and as we all know, the way that you consume content, the way that you build relationships in a digital environment is different to, uh, to, to an in-person event. So just think about, you know, uh, YouTube videos tend to be short form content. So we came up with formats. We challenged speakers to speak for 99 seconds. Uh, we created a virtual pub. Uh, we did lots and lots of brand partnerships. We threw parties. Um, really, really just to create something that was a little bit less static, a bit lively, um, and actually sort of, you know, stood out from, from the other competitor events. Um, you know, I think it's, I think it's incredibly important to, to, to really think about that, that experience, whether it's an online event or an in-person event. Um, the feedback we got, Vincent, yeah. was, uh, was yeah. out of this world, absolutely out of this world. You know, when people came back to us after the first, first event which was 400 speakers over five days that only had 99 seconds each to speak at which point it didn't matter who they were a big horn sounded and we cut them off and we moved on to the next person and and some of the feedback we got was it was like watching a radio show you know it was so fast-paced so interesting and um and one of, uh, one of uh, the big tech firms, you know, global tech firms, I won't name them, just said, you know, I've been to so many virtual events and I have it on in the background, like background music. Uh, and for, for Mad Anywhere, I jumped on to see one speaker and two and a half hours later, I decided I better get off this because I've got some work to do and I've got a call coming up. And that, that, was, that was true for a lot of people. It was just really fun and vibrant. That, that is actually uh, quite important, and I wanted to, to, to get more into that in details. Um, firstly, let, let, let's speak on the, the as you mentioned, the, the technicality, before we move into the networking and, and the content, the, the technicality. One of the things that, that struck me when I attended Mad Anywhere was the fact that I could follow it on my mobile phone as well as on my laptop or, or desktop. And, and as you mentioned, you can have it in the, in the background, but while I was attending Matt Anywhere, I went to fetch my boy to school. Uh, I also went to fetch him to hockey later on, and I was still listening and even attending and participating. Was it important for you to, to have it really announced as Matt Anywhere, being truthfully anywhere on mobile as well on any device, basically? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I... That's essential concept. Sorry, Dan, you, you, um, you, you go for that. 
Yeah, absolutely, Vincent. It's, um, you know, we, we've always put a lot of effort into our production values and, and thinking about how people consume content, um, whether it's on mobile, desktop, in person. Um, so, you know, Mad Anywhere was absolutely no, no uh, exception. And I think as the virtual events space evolved in 2020, people's expectations got higher. So we're actually bringing in uh, a proper TV like studio setup uh, where we're able to stream out the content uh, reliably uh, and just really focus on that experience because people always said to us, uh, you know, for our in-person events that MadFest is really all about the experience. And we very much wanted to take that principle into the digital environment. And I think it's, you know, virtual events, it's, it's an evolving space, um, I don't think uh, anyone has the secret elixir, you know, I think there's sometimes the networking is still clunky. Some, some of the things you try, some of it will work, some of it won't. But I think it's up to plucky startups like ourselves to really sort of push those boundaries and, and try new things. Uh, people are always going to thank you for trying. Uh, but if you stay stagnant and you just do the same thing, uh, I don't think that's a good position for, uh, for any, any small business that has growth ambitions. Uh, yeah, anything to add, Ian? Or okay, no, sorry. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree with my uh, with my business partner there. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, well, uh, let's move on to to networking, uh, indeed, because that's that's the the, the core of, of many uh, events. Um, I noticed when I when I uh, attended Mad is that networking was very easy on that on that platform. Uh, yeah. Usually, when you go to a live event, uh, you will see people who are born to network and, and easily come and approach other people and, and chat up and, and, and everything. Others hide behind their phones. Here, you could think that behind your computer screen or behind your phone when attending a digital event, you could also hide easily. But here, it seemed that it was a lot of different tools were present to entice people to, to network. Uh, maybe present a few of these tools and, and, and explain why you chose to use them. Yeah, absolutely. So, so probably just a little bit of background um, to that is that um, we have always trained our delegates and our sponsors. The sponsors, it's almost compulsory. The delegates, they can kind of jump in if they want to. But we always run before our events two weeks worth of training. So a training session every day that uh, people are invited to, and they can jump on and ask questions um, and really learn to understand how to use that app. Uh, and we do that for the live event. We do that for the virtual events. And what they end up, what they end up understanding is really how to use it. So people that, people that don't come to the training, they can work it out because it's pretty intuitive. But, you know, they know they can jump onto the app and they can reach out to any delegate. They can message any delegate. And before the show is open, that message goes straight into that delegate's inbox. So it doesn't get hidden in an app that no one's really using before the event. It goes to the delegate's inbox. And that's a really important piece of technology. When the event is live, of course, we switch that system off and then the messaging is all through the app. But you can, you can search for people. You can message people directly. You can reach out. You can swap data. You can use the wall to kind of broadcast stuff about your company, that wonderful illustration you did for us in March uh, from Mad Anywhere. It was very popular on the wall. 
uh, and very popular with our team. Um, we have that, that networker challenge, which gets people's competitions, competition juices flowing that they want to be actually at least on the leaderboard, if not winning it. Um, and I suppose the big thing we did at Mad Anywhere in March, which we're bringing to life again at Madfest in London, because we've got vast numbers of delegates coming virtually as well as live, is the pub. So the pub has been sponsored by a business called Channel Factory, both in the live environment and the virtual environment. And it means our virtual delegates can jump into the pub, create an avatar for themselves, which takes approximately three seconds, and then move it around the pub and walk up to people's tables on their laptop. And as soon as you get to the table, let's say there are five people speaking on that table, they all pop up on your screen and you have a video chat with them. So it's almost like you're in front of them. You're at the live event. You can see their faces. You can work out whether you, you trust them, whether you want to take it any further with them. And that piece of technology, you know, we, we piloted it in March, but we're really bringing it to life at MADFest for our outside of the UK delegates this year. I think... As Ian says, the, the education piece is, is really important. So it's the, the equivalent of uh, buying a shiny new Tesla and forgetting to, to actually charge it. It's not going to work, right? You could yeah, have the best technology in the world, but unless you have the fuel and the knowledge to actually get it running, it's, it's just, just going to be fairly useless. So we put a lot of effort into, into training, enabling pe people to get the most out of the tools that are available to them. I think what's really important in this space is, is working with a trusted technology partner. So we work with a company called Socio. Um, they've been with us uh, since, since, since day one. They're a US-based business, about five years old. Uh, and really sort of getting that partnership to add features to these event platforms, to really sort of think about that, that customer experience, that networking experience, taking friction out from the process, because ultimately your attendees are going to sponsor and sponsors are going to thank you for it um, when they see the results on the day. Yeah. That's, that's actually quite, quite interesting that you mentioned that you, you, you train and you educate people to, to participate in the networking mm. style. Is there any... I would say uh, networking etiquette that you're trying to also uh, put in place to avoid people just to network for selling their own product and, and just to be pushy salespeople. Uh, I, I suppose the I suppose the networking etiquette that we put in place is 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 sort of some protections in the app. So you know if you reach out to somebody and they genuinely don't want to speak to you, it's not possible for you to really hound that person or make it make you know be, become a pest unless they respond to you and link up with you then you know you can't carry on that conversation beyond the initial reach out and that was quite important to us because what we didn't want is delegates you know just being bombarded by uh by you know people or companies that aren't necessarily right for them so we built that safety mechanism into the, the event app, both for the live event and also for the virtual events. Um, and touch wood, we, we've, we've you know, never received any complaints by anybody about that networking element and how it works. So we think we're trying to protect and, and you know, allow people to take the choice about whether they want to speak to each other or not. Yeah, and I think, you know, really encouraging people to 
finesse that 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 initial reach out to people um you know make sure that it's actually relevant um you can spot uh, whether it's a linkedin invitation or or uh, a reach out far in an app that where somebody has just copy and pasted you know i i think we're all in this environment uh where much of our lives are are, are very very digital at the moment there's a huge amount of noise so actually a bit of care and consideration in terms of how you approach people is always going to reap better results. So we do a lot of work to actually sort of encourage that behavior and, and make sure that people are doing smart reach out rather than just huge volumes. Uh, cool. Um, well, that, that that's actually quite, quite uh, interesting. And we could talk about all this all day. Um, but before we, we finish, I want to, to talk about the good news is that that you're back doing a live event in July. Um, We're back. You're back. Everybody's back, and the, the world is back finally. Uh, the industry talks about a restart. Um, maybe tell us a little bit about Madfest uh, in July and how is it going to be. And, and I would say give give a little bit of taste to to the audience, please. It's absolutely bonkers, festival. We've got the most incredible space we've rented in Shoreditch. Um, it's uh, it includes a nightclub. In there, it includes um, a car park. We've, we've hired this massive car park. Uh, it won't look anything like a car park when our delegates arrive because we have a huge marquee that covers it all. Um, we've got some incredible partners coming to it too. You know, it's interesting when you are, when you're really flying as a business, lots of people come to you and say, can we do this? Can we do that? Can we do this? Um, you know, Campari have sponsored one of the gardens and are building a bar so that people can have fun in that garden. We've got a number of other sort of drinks and food brands uh, that, that really are desperate to get involved in the show. Um, I think you'll probably see the biggest um, pub garden that you've ever seen in your life at the show. I think uh, the main part of the show is, is sort of almost two football pitches in terms of size, full of picnic tables, beach cabanas for some of the bigger sponsors. Um, and it, I think, you know, we wanted to, to create a summer event that felt like going to a music festival, but actually it's a business event. And that's the, the real vibe that we've gone for. So I'm expecting to see people turning up in shorts, T-shirts, flip-flops, enjoying themselves, having their meetings whilst feeling super comfortable um and um and having a great time dan's done an incredible deal with one of the most famous restaurants in the uk i'll let him talk you through that and possibly give a flavor of some of his superstar speakers we've got attending the show yeah I, absolutely so the the idea of doing Madfest in a in a giant car park um was actually floated about Five, well, a few years ago, and uh, you know, we dismissed it as uh, you know far too expensive to do something like that when we could just use a traditional venue. So, um, one of the, I guess, one of the silver linings with with COVID is that it forces you to do new and different things. So, we thought running an event inside may be a little bit tricky. Let's take over a car park. Let's turn it into a summer playground. Uh, where people can come together and really sort of capture the enthusiasm that people have at the moment. We've all been starved of events for, you know, around 18 months. And there's a real, real appetite to, you know, get back to live, to meet people face to face and actually enjoy what our industry uh, does 
does best, which is sort of, you know, coming together, networking, um, you know, innovation and, and forging new partnerships. So we're really, really pleased to be the first marketing event. It's certainly in the UK to announce the, uh, that we'll be, be uh, in person. And um, yeah, you know, there's a lot, lot going on uh, in that car park. So we've got four stages. Uh, we've got some incredible speakers. Um, they range from people like industry legends like Rory Sutherland uh, to Sir Martin Sorrell. Uh, we've got creative legends like Vicky Maguire. We've got the MD of Brewdog. Uh, we've got Nicola Mendelssohn, who is the, obviously the leader of Facebook in, in, in Europe. Um, and then also another exciting feature is, uh, is our brand innovation challenges. So we've teamed up with six big brands, uh, Pizza Hut, M&S, uh, Boots, uh, Reckitt, Diageo and Schwartz Spices. And each one of those brands uh, has given us a brief and a 20K pilot. So we're inviting startups and scale-ups to pitch those brands for real briefs, for, for real cash. Um, so I think, you know, that, that innovation side of the event is, uh, is certainly in our sweet spot. And we want to play a role in, in sort of connecting those sort of new and innovative companies with those big brands and doing what all events should do, which is bringing people together and forging relationships. But as Ian says, you know, fun is definitely on the agenda for, for MadFest. Um, we've done lots of brand partnerships, uh, one, one that we're incredibly proud of. We've built a relationship over the last couple of years with Deschoon, which, um, you know, is a well-known uh, uh, restaurant in, in the UK, serving up uh, Bombay street food. Uh, very, very popular with the media industry. Uh, and we're really pleased to bring uh, a Deschoon pop-up cafe so attendees can go into that space they can enjoy Dishoom food. So it's basically the opposite of going to a conference where you pay for uh, a rubbish sandwich, a rubbish overpriced sandwich. People can enjoy great food, great company and a fantastic experience. All right. Well, that sounds perfect to, to restart the, the, the event industry, I would say. Um, I'm going to have to end up our conversation here. Uh, thanks again. The only thing that I can uh, advise to our audience is to indeed go and register because you can still register, I think. Uh, there are still some few Yeah, absolutely. Left. A, a few. Yeah, we're, uh, few, we're getting, getting pretty, pretty close to the wire. It's, uh, it's going, to be, going to be very popular, but we would love to see as many people as possible at the show. And obviously, you know, if you can't come to London... You can enjoy all of the content online. You can interact with the content. You can ask questions. You can do video meetings with attendees and sponsors. So really excited about going back as a live event, but equally continuing our journey and progress in the digital space too. That sounds perfect. Well, thank you, Ian. Thank you, Dan. And, uh, thank you, Van Sol. Thanks for inviting time. us. You're welcome. Great stuff. Bye. Bye. Thank you. That's all from us, and we hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch, don't hesitate to write us an email. I also invite you to check out the website 20centretail.com for more retail stories. Join us next time for the next episode in this three-part series about the digitalization of the retail events. In the meantime, thank you for listening.